Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersAndBakers.com He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play because we are the economic engine that drives this state. And it takes a lot of great leadership to make a community, make a region like Coastal Mississippi Tech. You know, education plays a gigantic role. So I've, I've always enjoyed having education leaders involved in the conversation here, whether they be school superintendents or, you know, uh, university and, and community college leaders. Um, I mean, the education is really important to Coastal Mississippi. It's really important to Mississippi. It's probably the ticket to our future, really, to be honest with you. But when I think about my education, when I when I think about it, especially the time I spent in college, uh, these were some of the most important years in my life. That's the time when I actually realized that um, I had to start to drink out of the fountain of knowledge. <laughs> I didn't really do that so hot in high school. Um, I, once in, f- in fifth grade, one of my teachers called me Mr. Fidgets. I think uh, probably had d- attention deficit disorder. But uh, but I did learn to to learn, but I had to be interested in it. If I wasn't interested in it, you know, I often said to my kids that when I was sleeping in class, the way I learned is through osmosis because that really was about the only way it was going to happen. But I when, when I got out of school though, uh, when I got out of high school and went to college, I was um, I was a man on a mission. And I, at the time, I realized that you that the more you learn, the more you better learn how much you don't know and. I actually carried that lesson with me on into my 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 career in media and as a publisher and a CEO. That um, that it was a humbling it's humbling actually to to really reflect on how much we don't know. And if you if you're really true to that process, then you will uh, it'll keep you humble and keep you wanting to have a thirst for knowledge. And and that thirst for knowledge is about continuous learning. And uh, you know, one thing leads to another. It keeps your mind sharp too, I might add. So, kind of, it kind of drives me as a person. But what I, what I, what I got in college was um, was about what really woke me up. And it, and I think it wakes a lot of people up. And it teaches them about what is possible. It teaches them how to set goals. And and I developed an understanding about higher education and the and the path that it plays in my future and so many other uh, people who go to college in their future. And when I say the higher education process, I I mean the actual learning in the classroom for sure, but I also mean the relationships that you develop with fellow students and with teachers and administrators. I look back on some of those relationships and that was to me some of some of the most important developmental years for me outside of the classroom and what they what they provided to me as, as mentors to me. It made me a lot more self-aware. It made me incredibly ambitious. Um, it helped me focus on why it was important for me to realize that I could actually make a difference. I mean, it, it, as a, it, at, those, at that time in your life, that's actually incredibly important. And people who have had success in their life will reflect in their lives about how those moments in their lives really change their lives. And it, again, it's not just about the classroom, 
but it's about the overall experience of college and and if you're willing to take that from it, you will get that. Um, some of the most important years of my life. Higher education uh, in general for coastal Mississippi, as I mentioned a second ago, is a ticket to our future. And, and because as, as I opened the show today, it's the economic engine that drives this day. We are. Higher education is linked to the success of our of our strategies going forward. Our, 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 the, the, if you look at the benchmarks for success going forward, um, Higher education gonna play a huge role in that. I think it's Mississippi's ticket to the future. It's a, it's an area of emphasis that we talk about a lot, and and I can't emphasize it enough. When you think about my conversations with Mary Graham and Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College and their strategic efforts and how they're focused on what the needs of the community are, both industry and business. You you think about fifty percent of the students at Mississippi Gulf Coast College or community college are involved in non traditional education. Think about that for a second hospitality and, and business and culinary and manufacturing and maritime and transportation, uh, hands-on training that, that is very non-traditional for colleges, but it shows a real tactical and strategic awareness of the college. Um, their partnerships, for example, with the Ingalls and other businesses are really important. When you, when you go back and look at my last conversation with Dr. Joe Paul from USM, we discussed the blue economy and their efforts relative to the blue economy. And his desire, and a growing number of other leaders at USM desire, to really re-intensify their efforts here on the coast. There's a good reason for that. we got a great population here. And, and, uh, and again, there's a vast awareness that if you can meet the needs of business, you can meet the needs of uh, the people who will go to your college, then at the end of the day, you might be able to have an impact on brain drain and other problems that the state faces. There's another university, yet again, <laughs> that is making a tremendous impact here in Mississippi and in coastal Mississippi, and that's William Carey College. Um, they've gone about, and I would actually say kind of quietly, I mean, if you pay close attention to, to media, you're aware that some some things, some important things have been happening both on the campus in Hattiesburg and here at, on their campus at Traditions. But they have made a very compelling statement through their actions about what they intend to do in terms of providing higher education opportunities for people in Mississippi, and they're going to make an impact. There's no question about it. You go back and look at their strategy efforts, and it's truly impressive what William Carey's doing. And I'm pleased today, uh, with all that said, to have Dr. Ben Burnett, who is uh, who is the president of William Carey College, and someone I've really been looking forward to visiting with today. How you doing, Dr. Burnett? I'm doing great, and appreciate you having me uh, this morning, Ricky. Looking forward to the conversation, uh, especially after that lead-in uh, when you talked about all the different uh, levels of education that you have interviewed. Um, I've been blessed in my career to have held most of those positions so and interacted at the K-12 and higher ed level. So really excited about the conversation. Yeah, you know, this, it's a dynamic world we live in, and I want to share something with you that I came across this morning. Um, a, a study that was done. And then what we're going to do after we kind of set the stage, we're going to take a step back for a little bit. And I want to talk a little bit more about your 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 path to your current position. But this is the State of Higher Education 2022 uh, report. It said this, higher education institutions and the students that serve have been severely impacted by COVID-19. High levels of isolation, disruption due to unscheduled openings and closures, remote learning and heightened burnout among staff and faculty due to increased workloads have combined to create challenging environment for all colleges and universities. But despite the disruptions, U.S. adults view higher education as playing a critical role in achieving a great job and a great life. 
as millions of Americans map their post-pandemic pathways, higher education institutions are poised to have an important impact on upskilling and reskilling of U.S. adults. It's clear to me that you get that. When you think about the enormous amount of energy that William Carey puts in strategic thinking, um, you obviously knew it before COVID-19 because if you go back and look at you got a great history on your website about each president and what they contributed, but there's been this growth mentality at William Carey from the very beginning, hasn't there? Uh, uh, there really has been. I mean, it's ex- exploded, maybe for lack of a better word, over the past five to ten years as far as percentage-wise. Um, you know, we, we were kind of uh, stagnant for several decades uh, in our in our population, but then about about 10 or 12 years ago, the tables really started to turn, and uh, William Carey uh, University finds a way to uh, find a niche of where we can serve the population, maybe that other pe- that, that other colleges and universities don't. You know, there are some programs that we'll say we recruit head-to-head uh, with, uh, you know, with local universities, uh, but we're different in the in the standpoint that we're a Christian university, unapologetically, a uh, private university. Um, but we're also different in that we we're, can be much more nimble because being a private university, we don't have to go through all of the approval processes that, uh, say, a state institution governed by the IHL board would have to, would have to go through. Uh, we're, we are fully accredited by uh, SACS. Uh, and so we do have to meet the accreditation standards and new programs that we that we roll out have to go through that approval process. But we can do things much uh, more on the fly than other institutions. And so it's one of the things that makes us different uh, and has fostered the growth that we've experienced. And you, you talked about the, the change in higher ed and uh, having to retool and, and be uh, able to meet the needs, you know, quickly after COVID. Uh, I think we had a, a, a big head start in that. Uh, one, one of the many pieces to our, our our past is the tornado that hit our campus in 2017, the Hattiesburg campus, which is our main campus, although our tradition campus at Biloxi is growing uh, as fast, if not faster than the main campus. Uh, but the main campus was hit in 2017 with an F3 tornado, and it literally came in through the front gate uh, of the campus and um, took out 58 of 60 of our buildings. And so with about three or four days uh, work, we had to get back up and going with classes, meeting across town, but moving into a more of an online format for all those classes. So we kind of had a trial run, so to speak. COVID hit, so I think we were better prepared. Uh, uh, if you could be prepared, uh, we were better prepared uh, to meet the demands of, of when COVID hit. Well, we're visiting with Dr. Ben Burnett, who is the uh, president of William Carey College. And when we come back, we, I want to dive into where he came from. He's got a terrific uh, background, and we actually share a love of music, and we'll discuss that as well. And uh, talk about how being nimble as a private uh, institution really enables them to respond much more quickly to the market. And we'll give you some examples of that here in just a second. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Listen, when I was publisher of the Sun-Herald, I became publisher in 2001, and um, people still call the Sun-Herald the Daily Herald. <laughs> it changed the name back in the late 1980s. It just gets embedded in your mind. And William Carey College became William Carey University some, some time ago. And I still say college, so I apologize to Dr. Ben Burnett for, for making that, that uh, little slip up. But, but the reality is, and again, we're going we're gonna to shift gears here in just a second and, and respond to um, my, my wanting to sort of dive into your past a bit and, and, the, and the path that brought you to where you are today. But, you know, you think about it, major universities across the United States, they're dealing with things like enrollment declines and costs are rising. Man, I can't imagine, you know, how difficult that is because these are, you know, a, a higher education uh, institution is an incredibly costly endeavor. Student debt something everybody's talking about today. You know, there are, there are emerging college alternatives. Um, the fact that, for example, 50% of the students at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College are in non-traditional education. And there's, you know, politics and political in- interference. I mean, I could just go on and on about that. But the fact that you're the private Christian university, it does it, – it, I don't think, think it builds walls that you don't have to face a lot of those issues. You have to face them. But it does make you, – you said this a second ago. It makes you more nimble, and, uh, and that, that's a, there's an advantage in that, isn't there? Uh, absolutely. Let me give you one huge uh, example right off the bat because uh, you mentioned student debt, which is a national conversation. You know, and we're certainly not here to debate whether or not we should forgive student loans or not. That's a conversation conversation for other political shows. Uh, but we do have to be cognizant of the fact uh, well, we want our students to graduate, number one, uh, and we want them to uh, be prepared in their field, and we want them to be connected to job opportunities, hopefully in Mississippi, because our problem in Mississippi, and you know as well as I do, is the one to... Uh, unfortunately, often the ones who can leave do. And so we want to prepare our students to be able to serve in Mississippi to make Mississippi better. But then the, the last component of what we re- really want our students to be able to do is to get out of school and not owe a ton of money, you know, because if they get out and they find a way to serve their community, you know, they're not going to get out in Mississippi making $200,000 right off the bat. Um, more than likely. Maybe there's an outlier or two, but most of them are not going to do that. So one of the ways as a private institution uh, that we can be more nimble is to uh, be more flexible with our our scholarship offerings. Our tuition at William Carey uh, is low compared to other private institutions. And when you compare or when you combine the the, uh, our residence hall fee and our meal plan and our tuition, we are as cheap as going to a public institution. So most people's concept is uh, if they go to a private institution, well, it's going to cost 10 times what it would at a public one. So why would we do that? And so we've kept our tuition low throughout the years. But what we had not done in the past decade was raised our scholarship opportunities. And so uh, we've made an aggressive, bold move beginning um, in next year to um, uh, increase our scholarship opportunities by 40%. Uh, 
So beginning next fall, and our tuition is not going to rise by 40% just to offset that. So beginning next fall, we are uh, increasing our scholarship opportunities by 40%. Uh, and that will include our current students. It's not just as a way to get uh, new students here. Uh, it's going to include the students who are already on our campus. It's going to be for all of our undergraduate students. So we're not going to make them live on campus or in the dorm because as you're well aware, our tradition campus in Biloxi, we don't have housing yet. That's a conversation we'll hopefully we can pick up later in the show. Um, but uh, it's going to involve all of our students. So we want to make college more affordable. So we are going to be offering a huge scholarship restructure uh, that will really also impact, you've mentioned Gulf Coast Community College, uh, most of our students here at William Carey are transfer students, and so we embrace the community college student. And um, we have uh, transfer scholarships that start at 2.5 GPAs. If they graduate from Gulf Coast Community College, they'll have a scholarship waiting for them beginning at a 2.5. If they're a member of the uh, Phi Theta Kappa, which is the honor organization for community college students, they get a $9,000 scholarship. Um, and that's for each year. It's not just for the first year to get them on campus. Um, and we've made a commitment next year for our undergraduate students. The hidden cost of higher ed is uh, textbooks. And so uh, next year we're going to provide textbooks for free for our, um, community, for our undergraduate students. So they won't have another cost of uh, uh, textbooks. So we're making some aggressive changes to attract people to our undergraduate program next year. Well, congratulations on all that. It really shows an awareness of sort of the market condition and strategically how you can create sort of an advantage for yourself. I mean, you know, that's what this is about. Let's take a step back for a second. You and yeah. I were visiting before the show started Yeah. Uh, how band and being in band, we're both drummers. Yeah. Um, how being a band transformed us as 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 you know leaders and individuals. Some of the most formative years of my life. I've, I'm sure you probably look back at it the same way. But you uh, you had a you had a, a long career in mm -hmm. education, 37 plus years. Yeah. Uh, what take us down that path? Well, uh, I've been thinking about it uh, specifically a lot lately because uh, next week I'm going to speak to our students. We have a weekly chapel service for our students on Wednesday morning, and next week I'll be the, the, the guest speaker, uh, and I'll be uh, relating to the, uh, the verse from the New Testament, uh, basically run the race to win. Uh, I don't know if you remember oh, yeah. that. Or yes. That, that particular verse, and we'll look at it from a whole bunch of different angles. But I want to talk to our students about to make sure they're in the right race. You know, you can't win a race if you've <laughs> entered the wrong race. And uh, uh, and and I think about my past. Uh, I was convinced I was going to be a star athlete. And, you know, I played junior high basketball only because my best friend's dad was the coach and let me on the team. I was a decent baseball player, not a very great, not a great one for sure. I was on the high school tennis team and, you know, I just had a, had my finger in several different uh, uh, athletic sports. But then in seventh grade, probably like you, uh, I got in beginner band here at Tim's Junior High School here in Hattiesburg. I'm a you know, Hattiesburg native and uh, uh, started band here. And uh, uh, ironically or coincidentally, that uh, elementary, elementary and junior high school, W.I. Tim's, is named after the first president of William Carey. 
uh, Dr. W.I. Tim. So I think that was kind of God's foreshadowing <laughs> to me of where my career would end. But I got in playing drums at seventh grade and uh, discovered that I could be pretty good at that. And so I realized that I was chasing the wrong race, although I still uh, enjoyed athletics and, you know, continued to play a little bit into eighth and ninth grade in tennis and basketball. But obviously my talent and my gift uh, that I was going to be able to uh, turn into a career and to a love was playing the drums. Um, uh, you said that you were, went to Gulfport East. We may have had one of the same teachers. My band director at Oak Grove High School was a man named John Blakeney, and he came to uh, back to Oak Grove. He was a middle school band director at Gulfport East. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember his name. I don't. I don't know that I re knew him personally. You, you were probably in high school when he came back to the middle school. But, yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Blakeney, and he is still a mentor of mine. We still stay in touch. Uh, message each other back and forth. He came to my inauguration as president, he and his wife, just, just great friends. But um, so I got into the education business by being a drummer and loving that and wanting to be a high school band director with no thought or realization that it could lead to a career in administration. Uh, so, and that really wasn't on my horizon, uh, but uh, uh, taught band for 11 years. And during that time, I uh, was in the Ph.D. program at USM in music education. It just started. And the president of our school board came to one of my band concerts, and he called me the next day. It scared me to death to hear from the president of the school board as a uh, 29, 30-year-old teacher. And uh, he said, have you ever thought about uh, going into administration? And I said, well, I've given us some thought here and there. He said, well, I'm watching you at the concert last night. I really feel like you need to. Uh, so I moved over and took the classes at that time, not knowing if I would ever do it or not. And I thought it won't hurt me to take these classes and to get certified. And at 33 years old, I was uh, offered the job to be able to stay where I was teaching at Oak Grove, my home school, and uh, move over and be the middle school principal at 33 years old. So I looked like I was one of the middle school students at that time. <laughs> Uh, and I had 1,100 middle school students, 1,100 of them and one of me. And so I just figured out how to survive. And probably the most productive, creative work I've done in my career was during that 10 years. Well, hey, let me ask you a question. When you look back on that, I think about Roland Weeks, the former publisher of the Sun-Herald. And I, I, I joke often that I was in my mid to late 20s and he made me a director of a you know, the division of the company. And I look back on that and I think, had he lost his mind? Um, you know, it's, it's amazing what difference that made in your life for someone to recognize something in you and give you that opportunity. Let's talk about that when we get on the other side. But this is Dr. Ben Burnett from William Carey University. And we'll continue the conversation after this break. See you shortly. Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast. You have Dr. Ben Burnett from William Carey University. And when we went to break, we were talking about how at a very young age, in his early 30s, I think he said 33, became a principal. Because someone, and he mentioned the guy's name during the break, Johnny Purvis, saw something in him that said, you need to be in administration. What, what I've observed of you as a band director, as a leader of this band, there are some skill sets here that would be incredibly well adapted as an administrator and a leader on the that side of the organization. And it's cool that someone would pick you out of the group like that and say, you know, I want you to consider evolving your career in ways that now you look back on it now and it was uh it was a fork in the road for you wasn't it uh, absolutely one i didn't really want to take it 33 uh, i was fortunate to go back to my alma mater and be the high school band director and when i became the band director in 1988 we had about 40 students in the high school band oak grove and oak grove now one of the largest high schools in the state back then it was a medium-sized kind of a country school um, it's literally four to five times the size it was back then. But we had about 40 kids in the band. And over the course of my 10 years as the band director, the band grew to uh, over 200. I had about 220 in, in the last year that I was leaving them. So I really struggled with, do I want to do this? Uh, I love what I'm doing so much. I'm young, but I knew that that opportunity wouldn't present itself uh, many more times, if if ever. So I don't regret, you know, uh, taking that fork in the road, uh, but it was not an easy one. It was like going through, you know, almost like going through a death in the family to leave that part of my career behind. But what's interesting, I bet as you look back on it, though, you know, you have to be willing to take those risks. And you oh, know, that's part of being a leader is understanding that life is full of ambiguity and being able to manage ambiguity is one of the keys to success. But you look back on it and the preparation of building excellent teams and working with those kids to make them in sync in a concert scenario where, where, or, or in a marching scenario, that those skill sets, those leadership skill sets, those motivation skill sets, those does that repetition that creates excellence that all applies to what you're doing at William Carey University today? Uh, absolutely, there's there's so much carryover, and I guess that's why that uh, school board president, Dr. Purvis, uh, maybe recognized that and made that call to me and said, "Hey, have you thought about doing this? Uh, because you're a fundraiser, you know, which I'm still doing now, even more so as a college president. I'm really a fundraiser now." Uh, you've got to organize people, you've got to manage parent groups, uh, you've got to manage a budget, you've got to engage the community uh, and, and community relations. So there was so much carryover from yeah. what I was doing. And now it was a, a steep learning curve for sure. And then the next uh, part of my career, when I, I ran for uh, school superintendent in Lamar County uh, and served two terms uh, doing that, and uh, there was a, a steep learning curve for sure going from being a building principal to running the whole school district. Um, uh, but the principles of being a, a band director have carried through even to what I do today as a college president. Well, you fall, fast forward to where you are today. Becoming president of William Carey, you had to say, you know, you, you were ready. You, you had been through so much in your career that prepared you. And um, I'm sure there's still ambiguity you have to deal with, but you're, you're, more, you're more wise, that's for sure. You've got all that experience. 
it's got to you probably wake up every day and say man i'm so thrilled to be in this job well uh absolutely and especially when i drive up on campus uh, from my home in oak grove it's about a 30 minute drive over here we also have a home here on campus my wife and i will, will stay uh uh, throughout the week a good bit. But when I pull up on the front gate of the campus of William Carey University, and uh, I mentioned earlier the tornado of 2017, uh, we've been here uh, in downtown Hattiesburg since 1906. Uh, but we look a lot different after the tornado. It's pretty much a brand new campus, um, which turned out to be a blessing to us. So when I pull up on our beautiful campus through those front gates and the front fountain and the administration building, I just kind of shake my head and uh, give thanks to God, certainly, and kind of giggle almost that, hey, I get to do this. Well, what's interesting, and I say it here on the show all the time, that coast of Mississippi, Mississippi, we're resilient. And it, you know, it's not just because of Hurricane Katrina, but certainly Katrina played a big part in that. But we've we've learned over the years what it's like to bounce back how when the going gets tough, uh, politics don't matter, nothing matters, it, what's best for our family and our friends and whatever. I think what William Carey, I followed that success story of recovery after the tornado. What you did probably emboldened your resiliency. It made you way more resilient, made you more focused on the long term and how this opportunity, this from a great tragedy can come opportunity if you look at it that way. That's what you guys did. You embraced it and said, okay, this is a great opportunity for us. We're going to make the best of it. And that's why, you know, if you look now, look where you are today, three three record enrollments in a row and the growth of this happening now in the, in the midst of all that, guys, you are doing so much. You were launching new programs. You were expanding programs. You were building on the coast. I mean, I, we don't have enough time to go through all of it, but it is incredible when you think about it. In the face of adversity, William Carey has always uh, thrived going through it. And, I, and I, it's not by accident. You know, uh, number one, we feel like we have a calling from God that we've been planted here for a particular purpose. And I'm a public school supporter. Let me be very open and clear, you know, public school educated, uh, worked for public schools, attended a public university. Uh, so I am not here to bash public education because in Mississippi, we could not survive without our public education. And, uh, and by the way, your feeder arteries are from public schools. And you think absolutely. about your relationship with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Absolutely. You know, it's it. It, we all, it's, it takes a village to make it work. That's right. And, and we need to look at it that way. And we realize that we serve uh, a population um, who might not want to go uh, uh, to a, a, another institution for that reason. Um, and But we want to make ourselves more well-known. Uh, you've talked about kind of being a, a hidden secret uh, or not you know, not everybody knowing what all that we're up to, and especially on the Gulf Coast, because that's my mission as, as president of this university. The, the great things that we have done under prior leadership, uh, and people say I've got big shoes to fill, uh, and I look at it that, um, that, to use the old leadership phrase, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, uh, of the leaders that came before me. I'm not trying to fill their shoes. The worst mistake a leader can make is to try to be somebody that they're not. Well, and great. Listen, listen. Great examples, real quick. I'll just mention just mm -hmm. some. 
the the launching of a osteopathic medical school, the the, <laughs> the expansion of the pharmacy program. I mean, we're talking about bold initiatives. And then you go back a little bit and adding to your athletic programs and and all that you've done there. It is, you know, it just it's, there's an expansion mentality, but you're not expanding in a sort of haphazard way. You're understanding that there's an opportunity, and we're gonna we're gonna meet that opportunity. And the coast opportunity for you is dramatic. Well, and that's where we really need to focus on our growth on the coast or our enrollment on the coast has been, has been on the rise. Uh, you see and hear about other institutions across the nation that are facing enrollment, you know, crisis and down 30 and 35 percent. But on the Gulf Coast, our tradition campus, uh, last year alone, we had a 15 percent increase in, in enrollment. We're over a thousand students at the tradition campus. And, um, you know, we've talked about the tornado, but let's not forget the, you know, the elephant in the room of Hurricane Katrina uh, that, that impacted all of us. I was a middle school principal during Katrina, and even in Hattiesburg at Oak Grove Middle School, uh, we were devastated. Half the buildings torn up, and, you know, we were 70, 80 miles from what all of you on the Gulf Coast experienced. Uh, my sister and her husband live in Ocean Springs uh, on Front Beach Boulevard. And so I was there two or three days after uh, we could finally get into Katrina and helping them clean up because they basically lost everything and had to rebuild. So I know it's much worse down there, but uh, you know our former campus of William Carey was right there on Highway 90. Right, the old GM, GMCA uh, building. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, in the 70s, uh, somewhere is where Dr. Nooncaster, one of our, one of the giants I stand on the shoulders of, he was president of William Carey for 33 years. Um, and uh, he was the one that took us uh, to the coast and bought the Gulf Coast Military Academy. And uh, But our move to tradition on Highway 67 has really defined, uh, you know, the future for William Carey and what we can do and expand for the coast where we work hand-in-hand hand with Mr. Canzero has developed a tradition subdivision in the area. And uh, we're blowing and going down there. The pharmacy school under Dr. Malloy's leadership is doing great. And uh, we're, we want to expand enrollment. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, just kind of get, get a little teaser. We're, we have plans for uh, housing at the tradition campus, which is one thing we're lacking. Let's, let's do this. We'll pick it up right there on the other side, but we're talking with Dr. Ben Burnett, the president of William Carey University, and we're going to really zero in more on Coast Opportunity. We'll see you right after this. Listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Listen, when I was when I was uh, a young executive at the Sun Herald, I remember doing a tour of a Navy ship down at the Port of Gulfport. And the president of Tulane University was with us on that tour. And he said to me that he's fascinated in watching how state university in Mississippi sort of fight against having some sort of four-year university evolution on the coast. 
he was observant of that. And that was a long time ago. I, I ultimately became, uh, as a student at USM, became the president and founding uh, founder of an organization called Students for Higher Education on the Coast. And eventually we were able to work through it, at least in the state uh, the state side of this. But what the, the observation that the president, Tulane, made was that there is... There is a powerful magnet that is created by population for four-year universities, and it's just a natural fit. And uh, as as uh, we've had this conversation, Dr. Burnett, uh, Ben Burnett, the president of William Carey University, we were talking about the the, the campus on the coast where G- GMCA used to be, the Gulf Coast Military Academy, GCMA used to be, and then the the vision that had to be engaged around this partnership with Joe Canizero, who's developing traditions. And you see it now when you pass 67 on the way to 49, you see this campus that is evolving uh, over a thousand students and growth year over year growth. It, it just goes to make the point that the Tulane university president was saying that there, there are opportunities that population brings and you're tapping into that. And who knows where this is going to take you guys. Well, we, we feel like, I feel like that uh, the growth of our university is directly dependent on our growth of our Biloxi campus um, because the population base in Mississippi, and all of you know it, uh, listening to this and uh, executives of the show, the population of Mississippi lies on the Gulf Coast. Um, and Hattiesburg, yeah. is a, Hattiesburg is a big area, you know, especially when you uh, take into account Petal and Oak Grove. Uh, the, the, the large communities surrounding the Pine Belt area. Um, but uh, as far as the raw population, it's not here, it's down there. And there's so many ways that our coast residents can capitalize on that because we do have traditional programs on the Gulf Coast where you can go to class and face-to-face class. Uh, but we have so many other ways um, because a, a lot of our students at the, the Biloxi campus are non-traditional students who are working and trying to get that next degree. And uh, two areas that, that we're just passionate about, uh, first of all, the proudest, I guess we are, of our tradition campus is the pharmacy school. Uh, we've graduated two uh, full classes now and are recruiting vigorously for next year's fall class, but to have a pharmacy school on the Gulf Coast, we're producing between 50 and 55 uh, pharmacy graduates every year. And a lot of those do stay and serve, you know, on the Gulf Coast. And a lot of those do come from the Gulf Coast. Uh, Some of them in non-traditional, some of them are coming right out of college, you know, and entering for the first time. But some of them are coming back to school in their 30s and their 40s and going to pharmacy school, which is really just amazing. And it's an accelerated program uh, instead of a four-year program. Uh, it's two years and uh, 10 months. Uh, so it is an accelerated program and they can be out uh, quicker. And so we're very proud of that. But two areas that Mississippi needs, and I'm a native Mississippian, as we, we've discussed, I was born in the Delta in Rolling Fork, the big, big city of Rolling Fork, if you have any idea where that is. Uh, thankfully, my parents moved south when I was very, very young, and I grew up here in uh, in the Hattiesburg uh, area. But as a native Mississippian, there are two critical areas, a nursing shortage and a teacher shortage. Uh, and if we don't address collectively, uh, and as you mentioned earlier, let's w- and working together, and what a better example 
Gulf Coast Community College has a huge brand new nursing building for their first two-year program right next door to, to our campus. And so we feel like that's a great uh, partnership and a great avenue for us to, to explore. But uh, the, the teacher shortage, and, uh, and I know I'm very partial as a former principal and superintendent, but we've got to get good teachers in the classroom. And uh, there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. My daughter is a teacher, and I'm so proud of her. Hey, listen, in the short time we have left, I want to make sure we cover something. Okay. Do you have, is there tension between the campuses? Do you have people who work at the Hattiesburg campus, do they get jealous of, or is there tension about growth opportunities on the coast, or do they see it's better for the greater good that it expands, you know, you know, you know together? Uh, no tension about growth whatsoever. The biggest challenge we have, and I think that if you asked Gulf Coast Community College, who has multiple campuses, Pearl River Community College, you know, with the Hancock campus, uh, USM with their Long Beach campus, the, the, the challenge with multiple campuses is communication. And so while there's not tension for do we want the, the tradition campus to grow, we all want it to grow. Everybody on this campus does. Uh, but the challenge lies in making sure that we're communicating back and forth between the two campuses and not change something in one campus and not tell the other campus. So we're working on that, and, uh, but we have great leadership at the traditional campus, and that's the key. Let's do this. We're, we're out of time, but what I want to do, we'll bring you back. We're going to continue the conversation. All right. I want to get into the athletic programs. Lord, we haven't even had a chance to, to, to explore that. Yeah. So, the commitment there has been tr tremendous. Absolutely. So anyway, Dr. Ben Burnett, it's been a pleasure to visit with you today, and congratulations on your success. I look forward to keeping the conversation going for the good of coastal Mississippi and Mississippi. So have a great day. Thank you very much. A pleasure being it's been here. My Thanks for listening. Yeah, you bet. It's been my pleasure. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.